Okay, we're going. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So this is this is on on Mike Kieran's first Guinness in a very long time, um, which is, it's in a bottle, which is maybe heard that, which is not how Guinness is usually served at all. But this is this is different uh, Guinness though. It says okay. it says Guinness foreign extra, whatever that means. I I don't know what that what does Guinness foreign extra mean. Forna. <laughs> um, extra stout. What does that mean? Foreign extra stout. It means that then it's, it's got its own Wikipedia page. Oh, it does. Well, look at that. Well, all right. Uh, well, here. Cheers. Cheers. To your first Guinness in a bottle. Guinness Ugh. in a bottle. Uh, mm. Why does the Asian store have this? Oh, the Asians are mad into it. I say very generalizing and possibly <laughs> racist. Um, this does quite well in like the global south for some reason. Like Africa is also mad into it. Like Sub-Saharan Africa. Nigeria loves Guinness. Okay. Yeah. I know the U.S. loves Guinness because they're Ooh. dumb and they think that because of the darker color that it's like going to get you more drunk. Yeah. It's, no, it's like a regular beer. Well, actually, okay, this is possibly why it's for an extra. It is a little bit higher alcohol content. This is 7%. This is this fucking extra. <laughs> it is fucking extra, yeah. Now, I usually, I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm a more of a Murphy's man myself. Murphy's I don't know stout. what Murphy's is. That's fine. It's not, like, as international. But it's a stout as well. It's like a black beer. But this like, is the episode, actually, now. It's just going to be, there's no news this week. We've, uh, we've completely transcended the news. It's just Kieran and I drinking beers that we find at the Asian store. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Go Asia's beer review podcast yeah. um, Kieran and i both look like we do the soy face mm. which we both do obviously we do look like we're insecure enough in our masculinity to have a beer podcast yeah with a beer beard and we're both wearing like button-up short sleeve shirts mm, cargo shorts Yes. yes. <laughs> so fucking practical. I love the. I, I love the. Um, I think it's famous. I think it's like a, one of the classic weird Twitter tweets of just like cargo shorts. Don't worry, buddy. I'll hold your things. You worry about making friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even think of the last time I bought cargo shorts, and I think I've never actually bought my own pair of cargo shorts. It was my mom got them for me when I was in like third or fourth grade. Those are the last pair. I mean, I didn't know. I, I didn't need that much practicality when I was that young. Yeah, no, you don't. But like when you get to that age where it's like, oh, finally, I have enough things to carry in all my pockets. You realize that you shouldn't fill every pocket of a cargo short because then it just starts to fall off your fucking tiny boy hips. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still have as an adult man, my tiny boy. I'm dummy thick. But, um, Karen says just staring at his ass right now. Staring at my own ass. Um yeah, no, like, okay, so I, I think it's important that, uh, like, the the stout that I like is Murphy's, which you can get in Ber- in Berlin quite easily because almost every Irish pub in Berlin is owned by Murphy's, the people who make Murphy's. That would... And they're just called Murphy's. That would make sense that the bar, the, that the place 
the 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 beer company that owns the beer <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah would serve their beer exactly um and i could pretend that i liked murphy's because i'm from cork and it's a cork stout rather than guinness which is a dublin stout made by a protestant fucker who didn't want ireland to be independent but oh wow that's yeah. a bit of info i did not know guinness but um the 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 real reason was in 1997 um Murphy's hired the animators behind Akira to make them a commercial, an anime commercial. <laughs> oh, you showed this to me. It's sick. It is so cool. <laughs> Don't they just go into the bar of Akira? Like, Pretty much at the beginning yeah. of the of the um, of the movie. It's a bunch of samurais just like running through Neo Cork. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, I remember that. Now I remember you showed it to no, me. I'll have to get a Murphy's before uh, the the last call at the pub. <laughs> It's important for samurai business. Yeah, so this, this um, foreign extra, which is apparently big in... is a Guinness variant mostly found in Asia, Africa, and the Caribbean. Oh, the Caribbean also loves Guinness. I remember that. Yeah, all right. No, I've tried this before at the brewery. This is the one that they like in Nigeria. Yeah, it's just stronger and heavier. Like, it, this tastes more Guinnessy than regular Guinness. Yeah, it just tastes like a stout to me. It's not like, I mean, I don't know shit about beer, nor do I pretend to, mm. because you boys out here, like, I have a very strong opinion about Pizzatua versus Sternburg, mm -hmm. that it stops there. And it's not even that then I won't drink Sternburg, it's just that Pizzatua is better because it's cheaper, mm. and its uh, flavor never changes. <laughs> it can be warm, it still tastes like Pizzatua. Cold mm. tastes... Like Pizzato, just a little bit less. We're like Stanburg does that thing that bad beers do, which is then when it gets warm, it tastes like cardboard. Mm. And when it's cold, it tastes like nothing. Mm. Like, you Stanley know. is. Think. Stanley is the beer you drink because it's really cheap. But Pizzato is even cheaper. Interesting. Oh, this is the one that I called when I first got to Berlin. I called Pilsator. Pilsator, yeah. It's Pilsator. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I fucking love Pizzato for the reason that it's always 10 cents cheaper than Stani. Mm -hmm. If you ever see a place that has Stani and Pizzato at the same price, leave. Yeah. There is like there has to be one. Never spend more than like 80 cents on Stani. And even that's pushing it. All right. <laughs> I still if I see a place where like Shani's one euro, I know that I'm in a really fancy part of town. The <laughs> they won't even sell Pizzato either no. in those parts of town. Yeah, 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 like I just I remember that one time you asked me to go get you two beers and you handed me one euro forty and my tiny Irish brain broke with an egg <laughs> on the side of a frying pan. Like, what is this country? Because Pizzato is seventy cents a piece. God. Damn it. Now, I do not even want to know how cheap it is in the grocery store. Probably like 34 cents. Oh, a piece. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you return the fan. Or whatever. <laughs> they just give you beers in return. You make a profit. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's definitely one of those things where, like, if you buy bottles of water in Germany. <sighs> sorry. Um, it's, uh, it's like one of those things that. Um, because people are like really picky about water in the United States. Like, oh, I won't, I won't drink Dasani. I only drink, you know, Voss or some bullshit. Okay, or okay. Whatever. But even like Dasani is like kind of expensive. Like it's like one twenty nine in a mm. store or whatever. And there's no fund, obviously, in the United States. Where like Germany will be like, the water in the bottle is like fifteen cents, and it's a <laughs> liter and a half bottle, and the bottle is more money than the water. And I'm like. That I mean, even paying for water is dumb. Yeah. But that is how it should be. You know, the plastic that then is around the water is more expensive than the water itself. Mm. 
you know? Yeah, of course. So you're ending up spending more money on the water. I mean, sorry, on the bottle than you yeah. actually do on the water. Did so. they have that... Um, what was that brand? It got big in, like, the fancy parts of Dublin in the in the time... The time in my, like, last couple of months in Dublin when I knew I was, like, I'm not welcome in this city anymore. Um, Fiji. Fiji water. Is it, I thought it was called Fuji water. Fuji. Possibly Fuji. No, I think it is Fiji. I think okay. you're right. I don't know. <laughs> the big square bottle. The big square bottle. Uh, yeah. Is it Fuji or Fiji? It doesn't matter. I'm going to call whatever. it Fuji water just for the sake of it. I think that's wrong, but it's Fuji water. <laughs> yeah, that was, like... That was like you just see that in the shop and like the regular like corner shop and you just be like my, my money's no good here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> the 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 fucking Fuji water bottle uh, uh, just radiates gentrification. Yeah, and you know that you're not good enough, even though it's a bottle of fucking mediocre ass water. If you've ever tried it, it's not very good. I don't have wild opinions on water. <laughs> it's like water. I was curious because it's like three something for a bottle. I'm like, yeah. oh, this must this water must be so good. Maybe the best water I've ever had in my life. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's it's mediocre no, it's shit. It's water. It's it tastes like tap you, water. It's the thing you have to make sure you don't die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine drinking out of the tap. Death preventer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the original. That's the German compound word when you when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you translate individual parts. Water. All right. Yeah. Um. I guess we're just gonna keep going like this then, keeping it loosey goosey then. Loosey goosey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, it's your weekly corner spatey. As you can clearly tell, it is just Kieran. And myself, Nick, Woo! and uh, Rob is always gone. And oh. I saw Yulia earlier today, and <laughs> she's fine. She's fine, but she she's gone be off on the to show. a farm. <laughs> yeah, lots of um, place to roll around. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, uh, they couldn't make it, so you just got your uh, favorite and most cuddly boys, if mm, I do say so myself. The cuddle boys. Yeah, that's what they call us. <laughs> that's, what, that's what this pairing is called, the cuddle boys. Yeah. Uh, we're not coming with you, uh, at you with some new metal, though, this week. It might happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, whatever. <laughs> we can't uh, control ourselves. Uh, I still can, but we'll see after, I don't know, eight of these Guinness foreign extras. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have that many of them. No, we we have, only we, have two. We have some nice light Japanese beers after this. Yeah. But uh, we need to get like we need to get like a, a soundboard so that whenever you hit any of the buttons, it just plays CKY's '96 Bitter Beings <laughs> in its entirety, <laughs> and we just have to sit there for like three minutes. <laughs> There's no way to stop it. We could try to talk over it, but that won't work. No, no, of course not. The only thing you can do is shred over it. Hell yeah. It's that time of the show again. It's <laughs> 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 like the awkward audio of like skateboards hitting the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever is not on the skateboard just going, sick. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess there's some things going on in Europe this week. I don't know. I've yeah. really been spending the majority of my week um, getting in uh, uh, just diving into um lgbtq skating tiktok mm. which has been so pleasant mm. 96 bitter beings lo-fi edition <laughs> uh, uh, not really no, no. but oh. way less sick radical bro way, way way less of that lots of good vibes a lot more you're valid <laughs> yeah exactly uh, it's it's what it's uh, a good scene it's good and wholesome it is very wholesome and very good but I know that there uh, uh, there's stuff that happened this week. 
Yeah. All right. So I've got I've got I've got some grab baggy stuff. Um, I think I think I think our main topic is um what's happening with the king of Spain at the moment or the former king of Spain. I literally like when when you sent me this, I forgot that Spain was still a monarchy. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god. I fucking like that's the thing that just still like rattles my brain of um I know that like a lot of like kind of like what some people would say is like the problematic parts of left Twitter are, but they are kind of right about this is that then like whenever everyone's like, oh, can you fucking believe that like X country is like they have like a dictator and it's pretty much like they have a king and they're like this and that and that. It's like, yo, like half of Europe is still fucking kingdoms. Yeah, right. With some of them having the power literally to, like we saw in the UK, completely absolve parliament when they want to. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry. Um, it, it's very easy to forget that Spain is still a monarchy. Uh, we'll, we'll get to why. All right. So first things first, I've got some, I've got some small shit that we can get to before that. Uh, this is a fun little note that I thought I, w- I would, I would tell my good friend Nick here about is, um, Tur- Turkey is in some fucking economic dire straits Wait, at the moment. Still? Yeah, still. Um, the lira is worth fucking nothing right now. Um, it's at like its lowest point compared to the US dollar in like all of history. And they keep You're welcome. <laughs> the the central bank keeps just like depleting all its foreign currency reserves in an attempt to try and save this and it's like not working. And yeah, just I ev- mean, you know, uh maybe you shouldn't have built such stupid shit. Yeah. Like your weird Ottoman-themed pleasure palace. Exactly, yeah. Like, this is the thing that fucking sucks so much about this, is that, like, the people of Turkey are suffering because Erdogan wanted Ottoman Disneyland. Yeah. Like, that is the fucking reason for it. Giro Disney. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, amazing, you know, Euro right? Disney's Turkish. Yeah, Goofy's Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was our running gag in Giro Disney is that... We just never mentioned it, though. Yeah. We just kind of kept it a secret. It's revealed. Uh, <laughs> Goofy's <laughs> Turkish. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. like, that obviously in, in uh, uh, is, is one of the reasons. I mean, aside from then the sense of that, um, like... The Turkish economy has been continuously building, 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 but with like none of like no industry or investors to take over the building that they're doing, Mm. which is um, really shit because they're destroying a lot of, you know, uh, um, historical areas of like Istanbul and whatnot in order to make room for these like new financial districts that like no one is using. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, that's that's... the the cats have to be moved too. think about that. Like if you care about anything, I'm I'm being serious. It's making it very hard for the cats in Istanbul to live, which is one (laughs) of the most horrifyingly like yet, but kind of adorable things about all this is that you're destroying cats homes. I feel like, I feel like this is, this is how we finally stop gentrification. No one cares about homeless people, but cats, the internet will get will the internet get will get behind it. They yeah. they has uh, uh, can I has Duna? <laughs> can I has affordable social housing <laughs> for this cat? Can right? I can I has can I has uh, the former borders of the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh no, this cat. We check. We although this cat's cancelled. We checked this cat's Instagram, and it's nothing but Turkish flags. <laughs> thousands upon thousands of Turkish flags, and a lot of like 
of like weird like thirst trap pictures of the cat saying they're going to step on a bunch of Greek people. It's it's very upsetting. Yo, I want this cat to hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I am I am waiting for um my my Turkish uh influencer girlfriend. Um if you're out there. Step on me. Step on me. <laughs> um all right, yeah. So we've got Yeah, so that's happening as well as like like, Turkey's geopolitical plans have also just like completely fucking fallen on its face. Like not like not any of the terrible stuff happening in northern Syria or anything like that. Oh, that stuff's all been fucking mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. You know, thank you, uh, uh, President Erdogan. Kurdistan has been compromised to a permanent end by yeah. whoever said the Turkish equivalent of Michael Cena. I guess who said that again? John Cena. John Cena. Michael Cena. I like though. That's uh, you know his his uh, responsible accountant older brother. No, it's his it's his fucking you know cousin who lives in New Jersey who also wants to be a pro wrestler and he just tries to give you know John Cena tips. <laughs> He's like John, I saw you in the ring. You know you got to give him a little you know bit of this. You know what I would have done, John. I would have won. <laughs> You know, you talk about that they, that they can't see you, but they, in fact, can see you. Yeah. You learn how to become invisible. <laughs> I'll teach you, kid. Look, 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 I'll show you how to become invisible. Just, you just can't look at me when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Michael Cena. All right, so that's, that's, our, that's our section. No, okay, so the Eastern Mediterranean stuff, have you been keeping an eye on that? Like basically. Oh, yeah, with like Cyprus and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so like everyone's been going book wild because they found natural gas in Eastern Mediterranean and like naturally Turkey wanted all of it and yes. called, and called like every country opposing the new axis of evil. If you remember that. Comment. Yes, I do remember this. It was like Greece, Cyprus, Egypt, Lebanon, and France were like the new axis of evil. It was like, what a, what a pairing. Yeah. What a- Cyprus is making WMDs. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey has to liberate Cyprus from itself. I just really like the idea of Cyprus making WMDs. Like the the nuclear weapons inspectors go in and is like, oh, we didn't find anything. It's in the backdrop. It's just a bunch of like goats in a field, and they zoom out slightly, and there's just like a nuke being worked <laughs> on by like two confused goat farmers. Being like, nah, I think it's working now. Yeah, just to, like like carried by sparrows. <laughs> Get Mykonos. He can throw real well. <laughs> oh God. What about, like, I'm just kind of thinking of, like, in a weird, you know, because, like, one of the things I actually hate about history is, like, all the nerds who are all about, like, fucking alt histories. Like, what about the Cuban Missile Crisis, but Cyprus? (laughs) (laughs) What was the thing, though? Wasn't it we gave nukes to Turkey? Oh, yeah, Turkey. The reason why the Cuban Missile Crisis started is because Turkey got Jupiter missiles that no one knew about. Yeah, yeah, and they could hit Moscow from where they were. Yes, the Cuban Missile Crisis, if you did not know, is entirely the U.S.'s fault. Woo! Um, that's always like a good answer to most things in uh, history. Um, moving away from Turkey to the Turkey of Middle Europa, Germany. Sure, fuck it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll show my work later. Um, so we all heard they were allies in World War One. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we talked about this off mic last episode, um, which I mentioned because everyone heard that obviously um, about Trump pulling out all the troops. In Germany? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, giving them to Poland, which is, nah. But still, <laughs> like, out of Germany. I was about to say Trump pulled out game strong, but nah. <laughs> Baron is beautiful. I don't want to live in a world where he pulled out for Baron. <laughs> 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 we need that sweet angel. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Trump's actually going through with this though, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like basically everyone in like DC is like, no, you can't do this. We need to keep troops in Germany because they might do it again or whatever. I don't know. Um, also, what's Japan doing? <laughs> I mean, I I I saw somewhere on Twitter. I think Milo actually sent this to me. Of that, the only country that should have American troops in it is Germany. And at first I'm like, wait, no. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, actually. like <laughs> As much as I hate NATO, it's like, uh, you know, the if there were one country right now just to like right when like NATO troops. And I I don't want to predict the future. I hope this is not the, the, the sense. Like, do not quote me on this. <laughs> but there's like this thing that. I think when people say that, then like, oh, I'm worried about Germany doing it again. Like, I'm not talking about like the Holocaust and that, but just like yeah. German armament is obviously something that then lots of Germany is like really fucking horny for, mm. you know? And especially like in the sense of that, um, the AFD is still like gaining a lot of traction in this country. Yeah. And the right of the CDU is also gaining a lot of traction. There is no left opposition in this country like we like to imagine or like every fucking lib likes to imagine. So if, and like this is a hard thing for me as like a leftist who does not like NATO to like, like I don't have an, like necessarily an opinion about this, but I can at least understand looking at it like realistically of living in this country and seeing then how the... Uh, you know, kind of which way the wind is currently blowing politically. Like, I would not be like, look at who's the fucking like Germany is proud of that. That is like the head of the European Parliament right now is the former head of the military. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's a load bearing Nazi poster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all this stuff that then like has just been pushed under the table. That then like the German Germany does not want to like first off come to terms with the fact that their military has massive problems. Second, Germany doesn't want to disarm themselves right now. Like, right. rather the exact opposite, von der Leyen, before she uh, stepped down to take on this other position, was like, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll meet Trump's military spending, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? So this idea that then, like, Germany is, like, hesitant to then, like, you know, oh, like, Germany wants to be part of NATO, this and that. It's like, well, yeah, they do, but... I would see very, I mean, like, you know, Germans, especially German conservatives, like, live in the world of, like, realpolitik. Mm. What then would be the logical answer for that if you're not then dependent on the United States anymore militarily? And you yeah. are a massive military power still globally, even if you don't, like, spend as much as the U.S. does. Well, like, massive, like, weapons manufacture and... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, fucking look at, like... I mean, like Heimatai, Hecklen Koch, yeah, all yeah. these fucking things just like outfit the world. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In like, mis- like you know, German weapons engineering and is world renowned, and they used it to make death machines. So oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. But I'm like, even like in a modern sense too. I mean, like you'll find German-made everything on the front lines of everything, committing war crimes left and right, and Germ- like no, like no member of of for the overwhelming majority of like the of like the. the 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 Groco, they don't have like there's not massive opposition. No, about the Groco that. definitely not. I mean, like, like Die Linke and like some of the Greens, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But even all right, like and even if there's like a black green coalition, yeah. Like, do you think the Greens are gonna fucking like still like care about that? I depending on which one. If yeah. it's a black green coalition, you know which which people are gonna be then inhabiting like those yeah, positions yeah, yeah. will definitely I mean, be the ones more conservative a, than there's like than a black like there's a, just an outright black green thing happening in NOV at the moment. Baden Württemberg. 
Baden-Württemberg. No, no, in um, there's the like state elections happening. Oh in, yeah, yeah. And they're like running a joint candidate. Like just a schwarz. I don't want to say I told you so. Like to any of the <laughs> listeners on the show. I mean, given there's very few people who have like come out and said that that I'm wrong about the Greens, if <laughs> any. Um, but the Greens, like, I guess I just have to like tell us the the New York Times. Then yes. the German Greens are the most conservative Greens in all of Europe, except for like the Piz Listo, who are neo fascist. Yeah, and then maybe you get like those agrarian greens that exist in the Baltics. Those don't count. They don't really count. No, this doesn't doesn't even count because it doesn't hold any like power. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the the greens are this rising force here, and they're really shit. Yeah. Uh, so for all like the people who are like young and gonna vote next election in Germany, you think that they're doing something good by voting green? Hate to break it to you, you're voting in one of the most conservative parties in Europe. <laughs> Um, but again, like back to this military thing, because like I think the most kind of resistance you would get within Groco and probably aspects of the Greens as well is they will oppose the idea of NATO troops being pulled out, but only from the perspective of a cost-saving measure. They still think yeah. this like crazy military presence should exist within Germany. It's just they like when someone else foots the bill, but if they're not going to do it anymore, I guess we'll do it ourselves. Like, it's that kind of mentality. Yeah, well, I'm just trying, like, Germany wouldn't, I don't know. It's I, I don't think that Germany would have to, like, change that much of its spending in order to rearm itself. Because the German military is already quite large, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, they may have to reinstate civil service, which isn't the, no, isn't the worst thing if you have a majority of the population that doesn't like the military joining it. Yeah. I mean, there is, like, a... a not saying that, that I'm for, you know, conscription, but I would rather have it that then in this in a country like Germany, people who hate the military joining it than the people who like the military joining yeah, it. Yeah, we talk about this quite a bit in the um, the dog from Paw Patrol joins the KSK. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a recent the episode. type of personalities joining the German military right now like Germany and they like the military. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not like an like the lib answer is always like you have to understand your country, this and that and that, blah, blah, blah. It's like. I get that this sucks, but I don't know. Like, I think it's worse now than when it was before him. But that's, I mean, like, I didn't live here before then, though, either, though. So I don't know. Yeah. I think the uh, interesting thing, though, that came out this week is despite all this, like, huge amount of effort by, like, the kind of, like, DC neoliberals, not not neoliberals, neoconservatives in, like... What's the difference? That's a good point. But uh, the DC types, as well as like people in Germany who are also kind of saying the exact same thing about how, oh, we shouldn't let NATO troops, we shouldn't let these American troops go, um, are very much against the German public. Uh, polling has come out that like 47% of Germans polled really want the US troops gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to only 28% who would like them to stay. Who are probably just like all somehow connected to a. Uh, Oh. Married to one of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the thing, too, that then a lot of people don't realize is that then if you live near a base, um, this happened to me, uh, like, when I lived in the South, is that then a guy that I knew was beat up by a troop 
mm. by an American soldier. Right. Like, they just wreak havoc in these cities. Like, German, like if you live near a base, the people fucking hate them. Yeah, yeah, Because they just, as you would imagine, behave like American military personnel, like fucking idiots. And the thing of the matter is, is that there's, like, they have, like, a ma- lot of legal protection against them mm. unless they do something to an American citizen. Yeah. Then, if they do something... So, this happened to... So, a friend of mine got beat up at a... Um, like, on his way to a bar in uh, uh somewhere in germany and in that case then because he got beat up by a a, a a troop beat up an american citizen he was then allowed to then determine if he wanted to press charges on him mm. but germans can't typically do that no and then that would mean that then he gets court-martialed which is a like you know where you have no representation mm. in uh, a military court and stuff like that so yeah no 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 they uh they I can completely understand just simply from that perspective, not even from like the, the political perspective that they're just fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they like, it's really common to encounter us troops who've spent some time here or even encounter them here. Cause like, I do think this is where the most us bases are stationed. Like in, in any one country, it's Germany, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like here or like Saudi Arabia or something? Like, surely you would think it would have to be, like, Iraq or something like that, but... But Iraq technically is a um, an active war zone, so. Yeah. There's also a lot of military bases in Djibouti. Oh, Djibouti. Like, that's how the whole Djibouti in... I think. <laughs> I think that's the word. That's their whole, like, economy is, like, leasing ports to foreign Militaries of the world, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Russia, China, India all have... Like huge military bases there as well. Yeah, it's like also like geographically perfect for if you want to either attack North Africa or attack the Middle East. Mm, yeah, no, it's it's a very strategically placed base. Yeah, it's it's their whole economy, which is a very strange thing for your economy to base be based around. And I wonder what the effects of that are. But like, because they're huge bases, they're just like nations within themselves. Like these are like micro states. I think some of these bases are larger than like Monaco. <laughs> I believe that the that the the hip hop term is racks on racks on racks, but I could be I could be wrong. <laughs> oh God! It's like yeah. some sort of like twee propaganda, like TikTok of that song just playing while they're like taking, oh God, taking no. a tour of the Djibouti base. Uh, yeah, the year is fucking twenty twelve. The troops are in the Djibouti base doing the fucking you know whatever dance is cool at the time. Mm. I don't know. Probably dancing to Skrillex or something. Was that way? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was that was a, that was a trick Skrillex missed making his own dance. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever see the U-turn? N- no. Usher's dance? No. I repose repose what's happening on the podcast to watch the U-turn <laughs> by Usher. He made his own dance. He made his own dance. Well, a lot of artists do like I mean fucking Soldier Boy did that. When did this song come out, though? This is the question. Okay, this was 2001. What the fuck? Yeah. This is like before everything. This is before time. <laughs> before time. 2001 when everything... Wait, wait, wait. When in 2001 did it come out? What's the date? <laughs> 25th of October. Okay, everything was shit. Nine eleven. Yeah, this is like this is this is right after year zero. And this is this is this is Usher's answer to heal the nation. Hell, fucking yeah, it is. What the fuck? 2000 and us. Oh, 
Wait, is he wearing Heelys? Hang on, I'm sorry, but post 9-11, just think about the fact that this is post 9-11, I just, I never really thought about him making his, like, hype ramp-up thing of him shouting, you're either with us or against us. Quoting his favorite thinker of the time, George W. Bush, I mean... <laughs> All right. All right, we need to get to the chorus, because... This is how he teaches you how to do the dance. The lyrics teach you how. Wow, how far, you know what? I actually do believe in like that bullshit progressive thing about that how like you know, over time humanity progresses because we start there, yeah, and then now we're at—I don't know what the, what the cool dances are. Like that's bad. Okay, so for people at home, it is putting your hands up, bend your knees, and then spin around spin in a around. circle, get down with me. Those are the four steps. Come on, come on, it's not hard to learn. Come on, come on, do the U-turn. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not new metal, but. <laughs> I mean, it isn't new metal, but it's, I mean, like, it's also not, like, I mean, just think about, like, how, like, just good the whip and Nene is. Yeah, right? It's so simple. Yeah. I mean, given, that song's maybe better than, now watch me whip, then watch me Nene. <laughs> see, but this, also, maybe it isn't. Yeah, but, like, with, I see, the problem, the problem with the U-turn by Usher is it feels like homework, because he's telling me how to dance. Whereas this guy is just like, watch me do this cool dance. It is like, ooh, watch me, watch me, yeah. ooh, watch me, watch me, watch ooh, me watch me, <laughs> watch me, ooh, watch me, watch me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's far better than just, like, Usher yelling at me instructions on how well, to... Well, like, like, the most extreme version of that is then Soldier Boy, like, literally making the most complicated fucking, like, <laughs> dance to dance along with that. Then the, the dance lasts the entire song. And mm. yes, I learned the entire <laughs> thing when I was in seventh grade or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it was actually... Wait, I think it was actually an eighth grade or a freshman in high school. But my friend... My best friend on his MySpace profile uh-huh. had the how to do the Soldier Boy dance on his MySpace, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna watch this." <laughs> and then I like called him up, and I'm like, "Wait, did you put that up like like seriously?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, dude, I learned it." I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta learn it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be beaten by my friend. <laughs> We're gonna go to parties together and do the whole Soldier Boy dance." That's that's you know it's and, friendship. Um, I was the coolest guy in high school. Oh yeah, weren't we all? <laughs> uh, that's what that's what everyone said. I, 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 in my yearbook, it was most likely to start a podcast, and that was uh, meant as a compliment, definitely a hundred percent. So, um, and the next little bit of weird news: Did you see France's like Yas King fucking neo-colonialism thing that's happening at the moment? <laughs> I wish I didn't, <laughs> but yes, I know. So it has to uh, uh, wait. So uh, um, Alex, uh, what is uh, the explosion in Beirut? <laughs> okay, yeah. So there's been if any if you haven't paid attention to this, I, I'm very impressed. But there was a massive explosion in the port of uh, Beirut in Lebanon uh, due to. I think what most people are just saying is that it was like corruption because it was like this impounded giant pile of. Um, like nitrate ammonium or something like that. Yeah, that was that was impounded in 2014, and, and it just didn't been there sitting since. there. Fucking that then hell. was next to a firework like manufacturer. Like 
all of it makes no sense, but then at the same time, it's like if anyone has kind of had their ear to the ground of like just Lebanese politics in the last 10 years, it kind of like makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think like it was earlier this year, uh, I think before coronavirus lockdown, but there was huge like on the streets kind of protests. And yes, Lebanon is le- like, like they're back now. Like, yeah, those protests. Yeah, 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 for good reason. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and the reason why there is actually so much like footage, like good footage, like good angles, sees the whole thing of this giant explosion was because this fire started first and then spread, and everyone was filming the fire, but then it spread to this giant impounded like. Uh, it was like a cargo ship, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an yeah, it was an impounded cargo ship. So that's why there's like all this footage of the explosion. Um, but yeah, so like giant protests have started and famous protest lover Emmanuel Macron came to visit Lebanon. First, yeah, literally the first dude who came. Like I saw this the other day actually. I was so confused. I'm like I know there's like a massive amount of historical implication that then's around mm. this of why why the French are the first one. Um the weirdest thing I saw though was then uh these petitions that were popping up. Yes, this is what I was getting. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yes. Then I do know what you're talking about. Cool, I'm not completely in the dark. Yeah, so okay, so Emmanuel Macron went to like Lebanon in the wake of all this. And for anyone who doesn't know, Lebanon is a former colonial holding of france it's like literally the sykes pico agreement yeah france literally made like races in lebanon yeah <laughs> like, they um france not good when it comes to colonialism they continue to ruin west africa um anyway anyway uh so he goes there he visits but he doesn't visit the leaders of lebanon because that's not good enough photo op uh he visits the protest he visits hezbollah <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's just Emmanuel Macron and Nasrallah just fucking hanging out, just on one, being dudes, yeah, um, doing what dudes do. Dudes rock. <laughs> just yeah, I you know I thought that was pretty ballsy that then um, they were grilling, having <laughs> <laughs> a grill. Um, yes, I know Hassan Nasrallah is definitely on the grill pill. Would you? I would be if I was in Hezbollah. Uh, I would just have given up. Later. I would be if I lived in any other country but Germany. Mm. Yeah, they really condone grilling too much here for it to be. No, like they love possible. grilling here, but just like I, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, like in like the Levant or you know in the Mediterranean. Yeah, get me on that grill pill or like on that you know that 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 spit pill. <laughs> just like the rotating tunnel. <laughs> It's like, yeah. man, I don't know, socialism, like, Black Lives Matter, I just want to eat dinner. <laughs> I mean, some people feel that way, don't they? Especially yeah. here. Yeah, right. Um, all right, so yeah, he goes and visits the protesters because Emmanuel Macron loves protesters. Instead of cold beers, though, you're drinking a nice cold iron when you're on the, when you're on the, on the, mm. on the spit pill. I find it very hard to imagine me getting into grilling in the eastern mediterranean and ever being cool again <laughs> it's just like constantly sweating constantly sweating you don't really actually grill you make a massive fire and just get like whatever the livestock that you have mm. and rotate it around good things. Lamb, I'd imagine. Yeah, that actually sounds better than grilling let's yeah, be honest yeah, let's get some lamb. <laughs> um, anyway anyway it takes anyway. a lot longer though too so um so the internet just kind of basically praises macron for like going and talking to protesters 
ignoring the fact that like his country has basically been an insurrection ever since he took over. I just imagine him just like going like, "Oh, what are you protesting against? Oh, a crow cover. Yep, that would never happen to me. Never. <laughs> no, not one. Oh, that's cool. So your guys, you guys are so much cooler than the protesters I know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hug me at all. <laughs> There's a lot of photos of him hugging protesters in Lebanon. It's all very... Ugh. Anyway. That sounds like a really like arrested development moment for whatever reason. <laughs> like, just like, imagine just like the struggle behind the scenes of those photos. Like, you're going to hug me. Like, you're going to fucking do it. Come on, we have to take a photo. <laughs> like, we're all... My entire staff is sweating walls here. We're not used to this temperature. Um, all right. All right. So... Uh, this then results in this like huge positive spin on the internet of oh look how great Macron is isn't he wonderful um, I let him sleep with my grandmother um, nice <laughs> radical <laughs> uh, hot for teacher anyway um, yeah so this this then results in like a lot of praise online, like I said, but the one of the weirdest and most horrifying one was a like not change.org. What was what's the other one? Avaz.org, that like petition website, A V A A Z. Like petitions happen all the time. <laughs> um it's one of the legit ones. It's like change.org or whatever. But place Lebanon under There's French. There's no such thing as a legitimate petition website. Have you ever seen a petition that then becomes a thing? No. Yeah. My point. Okay, well, legitimate as in this is where petitions usually happen. <laughs> this is where petitions go to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the petition was place Lebanon under French mandate for the next 10 years. So the French just own Lebanon again if this petition passed. The, the target is... 50,000 signatures. They are currently at 47,274 signatures of people who are like, yeah, put Macron in charge of uh, Lebanon again. Let's put him in charge of France again. He hasn't been in charge of France in a long time. But like, yeah. What do they think? I mean, like, obviously I know what they think is going to happen, but... And just, you know, he'll bring all his sensible policies there. He'll turn Lebanon into a startup. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that would totally be a thing because they'd be like, yeah, look at like the Israeli economy, like totally not built on just like quasi-slavery. Of, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, but like, it's that Israel's a lot of startups, you yeah. know? Like lots of startups, lots of tech. You could be like this. What's the big Israeli startup? I should know this. I feel like I should know this. That's kind of the thing. Oh, ways. What? Ways, W-A-Z-E, the like thing that teaches you the best way to get through traffic. It's like big in the States. What? Yeah. It's like, it helps optimize your... That's the, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but yeah. That's well, not nothing. It's like the same thing too. Like what's like the biggest German startup though too? Like I can just think of like... Wirecard, which has turned out to be like a giant. Like Wirecard's not a startup though. It's like a Deutsche Bank thing, wasn't it? Um, or maybe it is. A start- I don't fucking know. Do our, I think we'll have to do our own episode on Wirecard. Oh, uh, we do it's because so it's so fucking, fucking insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, <laughs> SoundCloud. Oh yeah, SoundCloud. Yeah, I guess. that thing that then you know defined a generation from Berlin failed has failed multiple times. Yeah, 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 it's um, we're gotten very close to it anyway. Yeah, it's it's um, 
Yeah, it's Waze. I was right. Okay, fucking hell. Good, good on me. Anyway, this is the solution that like a bunch of idiots, not even French people as far as I can tell, just like... I think it's just people who are like horny of the fact that they saw Macron do something. Yeah. This is, this is your New York Times crowd again. Like, like, didn't every, basically, every presidential candidate when interviewed by the New York Times, like, answer their favorite foreign leader as being Macron? Or wasn't... No, it was Merkel. But it was then, either, yeah, it was, either, it was either Merkel or Macron. Yeah. And, um, yeah, those are the two genders of American politics. Is mm. That's it. I mean... Who else are you going to say, though, to, like, make libs happy? Yeah, I guess um, uh, f- uh, 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 um, people have hopefully realized that Trudeau is canceled. <laughs> He'll never be canceled. No, I mean he's still Trudeau's uncancelable. <laughs> Most people are. This is the problem with canceling is it actually doesn't do much. Yeah, I mean like Trudeau could like do a speech tomorrow in blackface and be unscathed by it. Like we do know this, right? Yeah, it's his power yeah. is beyond that of like a normal mortal being amongst mm. liberals. But it's still Canada though, so it's not that much power. But yeah. it's not. It's not even like it's not even like geopolitical power. It's power of him as like an entity. Yeah, he's untouchable. Yeah, I mean, Macron literally is like beating the shit out of protesters, and every liberal's like, "Oh, you know, if we just had him instead of Trump." It's like, wait, like they're literally not doing anything different right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's like a massive right wing force within his country because everything. Oh yeah, yeah, like everything he is, he is taking like. France's relatively comfortable, like, social democracy position of, like... I, I mean, like, no one ever really thinks of France as a social democracy, but, like, every European country is. It's the problem with, like, quantifying social democracy, like, is is the UK a social democracy just by the fact that it has, like, the NHS, but, like, it has w- worse, you like... You can even make the argument that the United States is a social democracy. Yeah, yeah like, because of, like, Medicare and, like... Yeah, 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 or just the fact of, like, that there is a welfare state yeah. in the United States. It's a pretty shit one. But yeah, yeah. It, like, the, the, yeah, the definition of what is and isn't a social democracy is always very airy-fairy. But, like, France is pretty good. Like, for, I think, out of all the Western European countries that it has the, high, like highest rate of like equality like it, it's really good in the g um the guinea the coefficient. Gini coefficient, Gini yeah. coefficient yeah, yeah, yeah um it's still got like really strong um unions some of the like i don't think it has the highest union membership because there are some countries where union membership is mandatory but like it has like really strong and like militant unions that strike constantly and have pretty good rights and pensions and whatnot and like macron comes in as this force trying to like destroy all of that and, yeah. Well, yeah. this is the thing is that I don't know if, if we talked about this on the show before, if it's just been like a discussion I've had with myself in my head. I, <laughs> I, I get it confused. What is a podcast? <laughs> what is a podcast? Yeah. Uh, if it's not just your, your discussions in your head that then you have with your three friends who come every week and Woo! you cook for, <laughs> except for two of them decide not to come. <laughs> um, no, I find like a personality like Macron's like way more destructive than I do someone like Trump. And. Yeah. Um, I know that then, like, I'll get a lot of flack for that from some people, but um, I generally don't see their actual policies and actual politic all that different. Yeah, I, like, I guess the, the thing that you could, um, that an American liberal might fall back on is just, like, the kind of, like, overt racism that, like, that's happening in the United States, but then you would argue that that was there before. Well, 
This is the thing that's so interesting about Trump, though, is that up until very recently, and even then I would maybe even challenge it, is that then pinpointing Trump's racism is incredibly hard, actually. Like, when you look at, I mean, okay, social media, his, his, his tweets have gotten a little bit more open about his, like, white nationalism. Um, but that wasn't, the Republicans were always that way. If yeah, not yeah. if not worse, actually, that, than Trump. That's the thing that you would argue, like, is that I'm, I'm more thinking about, like, the... It's hard to remember back this far, but like the the hubbub that was made when Trump was president about like ICE and the border and the the migrant caravan, all that stuff. Yeah, happened yeah. Do under... like, but this is the thing though is that like no liberal has like realized like this is that like liberals pretend that they understand how like the right works, but then they'll like never listen to shit like Rush Limbaugh and whatnot, or mm. they'll pretend that they have, and like the methodology of like how then these issues have been brought up in the right has been that way for like 30 years. I mean, like my entire life, I remember yeah. like a much more volatile and disgusting measure of how this all was spoken about before Trump existed, especially under the Obama administration yeah, 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 yeah. where it got real bad. Um, Trump is just kind of like that, like that logical conclusion of that, then what that comes to mm. like, obviously Trump is very much in- intertwined within the Republican establishment while then also being quasi anti-establishment at the same time. But, um, his racism is no different than what was already in a party that then was hyper racist yeah, 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 yeah. and the democratic, I mean, look at fucking Joe Biden's racist shit. He did yesterday on Twitter yesterday. about saying that then that like, uh, uh, the black community of the United States is just like hun- uh, like a homogenous being that then oh yeah and yeah. that how like the Latinx community is like you know so vibrant it's like dude like you- yeah like NBC battle map came out today for like the 2020 election and they're like because of the like southern black voters being in favor of um biden in the primaries they're like i think they've come to this conclusion that like that wasn't tr- like this is a, the thing that's even weirder though is that that wasn't actually even true in south carolina no, yeah, it was but, mostly white voters who voted for him but still like they they've they've taken this piece of evidence and said that like the democrats in 2020 are going to like win atlanta or not atlanta um georgia georgia yeah which i'm like no like atlanta is like a predominantly black city but like georgia is still not a predominantly black state Oh yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, and I frankly don't care either. Like, yeah, 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 that's that's absolutely fair. But like, I think the point I'm getting to is that like, um, there was this kind of thing in the U.S. where it became permissible for liberals in opposition to Trump to look at like racist problems that had always been there, like ICE, like what happens at the Mexican American border which is brutal and always has been brutal. Which they were fine when Obama did it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and Obama was known by anyone who was into immigrant rights issue as, like, the deporter-in-chief. Like, he literally sent trans people to their death because they, he's, like, his government refused to acknowledge their case for asylum. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I, I think Macron has, like, this similar thing where people are like, oh... Because of my surface level understanding of French politics, I view him as, as being on my side. If Macron existed in the United States, he probably would be a democratic politician. But like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but like it ignores the fact that like French police incredibly racist, French border control incredibly racist, France incredibly, incredibly racist. racist, and those like that hasn't that hasn't changed. Like, it was like that under the supposedly, like, socialist government yeah. of Hollande. It was like that under Chirac and Sarkozy, especially under Sarkozy. But, like, Sarkozy just had, like, 
it was it was about the same. Sarkozy just had comments that would get like press time because of how like grotesquely unpresidential, quote unquote, they were about like what he would say about black people. Um, but like the policies were basically the same. Like the French patrol, like the the French's the French patrolling of like their their portion of the Mediterranean is still really brutal. Their understanding and treatment of their history around West Africa, Algeria is still garbage. They're still in Mali. They're still yes, yeah, exactly. They're still in Mali um, for six or seven years now. Mm. Like obviously, I know that like Macron inherited this bizarre war that they have going on there. That the Irish are roped into that now as well. Wait, what? Yeah. So like this thing happened. Okay, so when the Paris attacks happened. Um, that was under Macron. It was under Macron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Macron did this like big symbolic gesture to kind of we've talked about like the psyche of Macron before on this podcast of like how we believe that ultimately his ideology or the aspect of his ideology that he finds is like being defining of himself is like a Europeanist. He like he he does believe in the European project, and that that's maybe what sets him apart from a lot of his other contemporaries. The actual, the actual core of his ideology is like still that neoliberalism, but everyone around him agrees with that, so he doesn't really think it's a thing. Um, he's, he's, he's not like those other, those, yeah. other, those other prime ministers. I'm not like those other girls. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, because of that, he implemented a... When the Paris attacks happened, I can't remember the name of the article, but he in- implemented the like mutual defense clause of the European oh, Union. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To declare to, to declare a war on Daesh on ISIS. Uh, I probably said that wrong, but um, it's pronounced ISIS. <laughs> it's pronounced ISIS. Yeah. Um, the the spy. Oh, that guy just got me like that. The, the, sorry, that really um, that reminded me of that bizarre ass article that was like you should call. ISIS by their name in Arabic of Daesh yeah. because they hate that. It's hate like it. that's what they hate. Well, that was the <laughs> like that was the like epic Nancy Pelosi clap moment for Macron as he calls them like Daesh or whatever it is, and um, and that was meant to be like this own. And then that article came out being explaining the. It was own. a Vice article too, which made it even better, because or like he, a BuzzFeed article. It was like it was from like a fucking. Complete dog shit website. Oh, absolutely. And you know an own works when you have to explain it in like a 2,000 word article. <laughs> um, anyway, the because he did that, he like got all of the EU to agree with a war on ISIS, a thing that would never like work tactically because... It's not they're a, real a network. War. They're a, yeah. they're not a military. They're a, yeah. They're There's just... no like end point to that war. There's no like goals. It's not like we've taken Berlin. The war is over. Um, so, but also because of Ireland's neutrality, the the agreement was Ireland would relieve French peacekeepers, quote unquote, in Mali, so that they could go back and fight this war against ISIS. In, in France or in, where? I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where they At went. At the Copacabana. <laughs> but now there's like Irish peacekeepers, quote unquote, in fucking Mali. And That's insane. We've just been roped into that for whatever weird reason. Yeah, Germany has troops there still. Yeah. Most of Europe actually has troops there, which is just, it's so insane to imagine. Because France really loves their weird West African wars. Yeah, and the thing that, I mean, like... Mali's like one of those countries too, like 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 Libya. That then everyone forgets, like okay, yeah, like because of the political, social, and military 
upheaval that then has been happening in these countries? Like, yeah. is there like a massive like concentration of like, you know, um, like extreme groups? They're like, yeah, obviously, but like, <laughs> of course, this is background dressing. It's just that like wonderful thing though, like the Iraq War of like you know you you you, know, you take down Saddam Hussein and then you have like. Every militia that then possibly you could think of just pop up out of nowhere and be like, yeah. "Yep, we have to stay now." Mm. <laughs> oh god, yeah, no, it's it's um, it's great. I love it. I love it so much. I love like just when like someone comes in in the military office and be like, "Sir, we're dealing with ISIS." I was like, oh, "Don't we call it ISIS?" No, this is a new one. The L stands for Libya, not Levant, because we've done this now and this just exists. It's um, ISIL. ISIL. <laughs> uh, um yeah so like that's that's just so that's france just uh we haven't mentioned isis on this show in a very long time they have they, they, they're not turning up the content they <laughs> really aren't yo what the fuck isis I, actually do not step your game up please we don't actually do, we actually do talk about isis quite a bit it's called the turkish military Ayo. hey <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yeah uh, i mean you, you're very much right about yeah, that yeah i'm right <laughs> Oh god! And all right, and on that we enter into some some bigger shit. Uh, all right, now we get into the big stuff, fucking the fucking real shit. Uh, so before we get into our main main topic, we, just, we should probably mention some stuff going on in Belarus. So the election is happening. Wait, what's our main main topic? Spanish king. Oh yeah, shit. All right, yeah. yeah. Um. So the Belar- the Belarusian election is happening this weekend, and Things are getting a little wild. We've talked about it in more detail in the, the Eastern Europe's on Fire episode. Um, that was like two weeks ago, yeah. Three yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, maybe four weeks ago. Five weeks ago. Six, seven, eight. Who can possibly know? <laughs> uh, our wonderful website, uh, mm-hmm. Operation Glad.io Glad. does. Hey! hey! An operation about making people happy. <laughs> anyway. There's nothing else. Don't look into it. Nope. Don't, don't, definitely don't Google that. Um, anyway. Anyway, I do like to imagine that we are the least likely podcast to be a CIA op, but you know, we're just like we're just sitting on that domain, so the actual operation Claudio doesn't get it. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of a nanny nanny boo boo to the CIA. Yeah, we'll squat on it until the CIA gives us like a million euro. Yeah, uh, we know you have it. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, so. Really weird thing happened with the the Belarusian election thing. So, as we all we've talked about it before, this is like looking like an election that might actually challenge Lukashenko's power, and it's very strange for that reason. But one of the things that happened this week was um, it's very hard to tell, but basically, um, Belarusian authorities arrested dozens of Russian mercenaries last week and have accused them of plotting some kind of nefarious action, stoking violent protests or even an outright is this terrorist. This is Russian interference that I've been hearing so much about the past three years. Yes, yeah, this is it. This is what our podcast is: um, is uh, a land war with Belarus. Is that, Rob's actually in Belarus right now in a <laughs> Belarusian jail. Um, Rob's also big enough to be a Russian mercenary, so <laughs> they just they just get the biggest boys. Yeah, who will be good for taking Minsk? <laughs> Rob, an army of Robs. An army of Robs. Um, All you need is like seven Robs with Kalashnikovs and. Mm. You can take Did you ever, like, play Red Alert 2? 
where you could just like summon no no i played i played um i played command and conquer no i played uh age of empires oh age of empires is good too yeah, yeah you can put in that um you can put in the cheat code a firm handshake and you would just spawn the the overpowered unit of rob with a collision <laughs> no there was a unit actually in uh was it Red Alert 2 or was it Yuri's Revenge, the like expansion for it? I can't remember. But his name was Boris. And it was just a dude in Oshanka with a Kalashnikov who could call in airstrikes of like MiG 27s. Yeah. That is Rob. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Just marching through the, the, the Belarusian hinterland. Um, yes. <laughs> unstoppable. But like, this weird thing about this is no one knows like if this is real or not well i have some insider info about this okay can't say where i got it from okay but um so i've heard that then that government employees also have to like go to the protests and stuff like that oh in order to like be like a, like like yeah to be like counter protesters like they're forced to do it mm. or not forced to that's that's a little bit um too uh, uh, um, hard on the nose dictatorship mm. stuff, but they're, they're they're strongly suggested by yeah, the company they're, they're to employed and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's a, it's and, a mandatory fun activity kind of thing. yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the other things that then I've also heard from this insider source is that um, there's potentially the internet in Belarus is just going to like be shut down until like Thursday mm. because the election is tomorrow. Yeah, so. Um. Yeah. Uh. Which I think that was also confirmed by Euronews, if I'm not mistaken, that mm. last one. But um. Yeah. No. So there's a bunch of like really weird. Um. And I guess it's not that weird for Belarus if you like think about it. But Belarus is a strange place. <laughs> a very strange place. White Russia. You thought Russia can get more white. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like Milo described Belarus to me as such as he said that it's like the more chill version of Russia, except for his politics aren't more chill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like the people are like really cool and they're like really laid back, but then like you got Lukashenko just kind yeah. of like just sitting there. And I don't the, like this is kind of the thing too is that then like I don't know. Obviously, none of us know what will happen if, if Lukashenko goes away. I'm very curious of what Belarus will look like politically when he's gone. Yeah. Because it'll just kind of be like a stereotypical former Soviet thing. Ukraine, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Very similar to Ukraine, like a smaller Ukraine. Isn't it bigger than Ukraine? No, it's smaller than it's Ukraine. It's smaller in population. Yeah, it might yeah. be big. No, it's definitely not bigger in land. So no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of the thing other than, like, obviously, like, Lukashenko, uh, not good. Like, yeah. I think that that's the, you know. the the like the, But the people who are opposed to him at the moment are, like, the viable candidates aren't these, like, cool socialists. <laughs> I think they're, um, like, the, the, so the big thing about, like, why people doubt the whole, like, Russian plot thing yeah. is that the, op- like, that there would be a Russian plot to overthrow Lukashenko and whatever, um, is that, like, the opposition, the people who are uh, getting, going ahead, like this, um, 
Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. I wish Yulia was here. Um, yeah. So <laughs> should I grab my flatmate? <laughs> no, it's all right. All right. Um, but like, yeah, the the main opposition, the person who's like running against Lukashenko and like was able to turn out like five thousand people to a protest on like last Thursday evening, um, like she's being backed by like a whole bunch of like pro EU Belarusian politicians. And, like, that's specifically, like, pro-EU to the detriment of, like, Russia's sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, which is, like, something that's been happening very slowly in the background. And Lukashenko has kind of been, like... Lukashenko in the last five years has kind of been um, characterized as someone trying to have their cake and eat it, too, in terms of, like, juggling Russian and European relations. Um, but, like... Yeah, so it doesn't really, like, the reason everyone's like, did this Russian, supposed Russian attack interference thing even fucking happen? Because what would they be trying to achieve? Yeah, it just sounds cool. It, yeah, exactly. Like, I think that was the plan. It sounds cool. I'm Lukashenko. I stopped the, the bad people. Vote for me. Yeah, I mean... Exactly, yeah. It's a very strange situation. I, yeah, this is like... There's not one country I l- dislike talking about more <laughs> than Belarus. Because it's just like... It isn't even that it's like an enigma. It's that it's just... It's... It's just this. It's yeah. exactly like, like... It is... It is... It is... This type of politics. Mm. It's not like... Uh, everyone loses... <laughs> Yeah, because like, yeah, I, I think going back to your question of what is the fucking, what is, what does Belarus look like, look like post Lukashenko, like, but also what does, what does Belarus look like after this, if this election results in a Lukashenko victory, like when there's like a substantial, well, there's a contingent of like Belarusian people out on the ground who are like protesting now. Yeah who obviously think that this election could lead to genuine change. Like, what is that? What do they do after it doesn't? Like, if it's just Lukashenko again. Um, it's yeah. always Lukashenko. It's going to be always... It's always Lukashenko, isn't it? Yeah, he's forever. He will outlive us all, even though he's, like, several hundred years our senior. Yeah, he's just such a boring dictator. Like, that's <laughs> the thing, is that it's just so, like... At least Putin's, like... Got some pizzazz, you know. Uh, he plays hockey. He likes tigers. He's actually liked a lot. Yeah. Or like Lukashenko is not. It's just isn't. He's just there because he's been there. Yeah. He was liked for a while though, wasn't he? Like yeah. Like, it's yeah. A, it's it it kind of comes and goes. And Belarus could be facing another like major economic downturn. Yeah. Like yeah. Of the rest of Europe as well. The thing that then has benefited them is the fact of of running goods from russia into the european yeah, union yeah being the bridge between the two yeah so like russian sanctions have, have 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 economically helped them out but they have no they have no industry that like they have textiles yeah but i guess that's like the that's the problem of this position of just like your success relies on the misfortune of your like best friend country like that's kind of like this weird position to be put. Yeah, into, all yeah. of my, you know, all of my, all of my failures were 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 lessons. You know, <laughs> but like for Belarus to do well, Russia has to do poorly. But also for Belarus to do well, but Russia, like regular Russia, has to like you. Like, it's this like very bizarre 
and very dodgy house of cards you're sitting on. Um, so is Lukashenko on Putin's top eight anymore or no? Or did he like, was like on his MySpace top eight? Yeah, exactly. Mm. God, I wish that was a thing. I wish MySpace existed in this like political era of like politicians being on. I I took such a deep dive into like MySpace era stuff recently. I sent you some of it, but we'll talk yeah, about it we'll by talk about it, yeah. we'll talk about it amongst ourselves later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does VK have this function? That, what? that VK that like Russian Facebook? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Because oh, Putin definitely has like a. Does Putin have a VK page? Oh, hang on. Top eight would just be like his different profiles in different languages. Ah, uh, that probably is. Ooh, he is on VK. Vladimir Putin, national leader of Russia. VK. VK.com. Ah, no, this is a fan page. Damn it. In his in his uh in in his fan page's top six is a guy called Val, who is a a guy in front of the Russian flag wearing a Guy Fox mask. Hell yeah, <laughs> King. is that is that Lukashenko's account? Possibly. Possibly. We'll never know. He's anonymous. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kings. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about some literal king shit. All right, so a bit of news that happened this week, uh, uh, and I'm not sure how much Nick has kept up to kept up with all of this, but we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're not gonna we're gonna talk about the Spanish monarchy for a bit. Uh, here, here's a little bit of news for you. Former Spanish King Juan Carlos I fled the country on Monday amid allegations that he took bribes, including a whopping 100 million dollars um, from Saudi Arabia was uh, directed um, to his alleged mistress, German businesswoman, okay, bear with me here, Corina Zu Zion Wittgenstein Zion. What is her last name? Wait, I have to read this. <laughs> Zayn or Zion Wittgenstein Zion. It's one of those terrifying Germans that has like a multi-barreled last name. That's, yeah, I love, I... I love it. Yeah. I love the fucking dipshit like uh 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 Graf von und zu da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how you know that they're that they're that they're insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is like next level. Like I know we have the running theory on the corner Spady that any German with a von in their last name is probably a monster, but this is like this is next level shit. Yeah, this is zu. Zu. Um not where they're from, but where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poland. <laughs> yeah, which is worse, Karina von Sudetenland or Karina zu von Sudetenland? Von uns Karina, Karina, Graf von uns zu Sudetenland. All right. Yeah. So it's unclear where this uh, where he's gone according to this report but we have an update on that uh, most speculation has him either in portugal or the dominican republic but neither government has acknowledged his presence though he insists he's still quote unquote available to investigate i like that this is like where in the world is carmen san diego well, yeah, but, but the, with the spanish king <laughs> former spanish king we'll get to that oh well, fuck whatever i don't give a shit um all right so actually I, I think it's worth pointing out like this guy's history or whatever so juan carlos the 1st has like endeared himself to the Spanish public and endeared the whole institution of the monarchy to the Spanish public for a very long time 
because he was seen as instrumental to stopping the 1981 coup attempt. So after Franco, there was this attempt by the military to like keep the Franco gravy train rolling. It's the, you know, they saw the rise of Skywalker, which is then where you know <laughs> Palpatine's kept alive. Yeah, um, it was that. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, they were going to like. Spain was going to be ruled by like Franco's head in a jar, basically. Yes, exactly. Uh, like an episode of Futurama or something. But anyway, the the king of the time, Juan Carlos the first, is seen as like this big figure around transitioning Spain from um, the dictatorship of Franco to Spanish democracy as we know it. Uh, I think the reality of that is it involves the CIA a bit more trying to like successfully transition. Um, Spain because the most popular politicians and political parties at the time were the communists because they were the most instrumental in providing there resistance. seems to be a theme with the CIA. Yeah, just a lot of like a lot of shit like this happens in Southern Europe around this time, doesn't it? Anyway, a little earlier in some other places, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a when the sun's hot, vote communist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, so that's kind of like why he's endeared. There's even quotes from like the big communist leader at the time when like Spain transitioned, like before this happened, the, one of the communist leaders, uh, I've forgotten his name now, was like, we will get rid of the king um, as, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, communist leader Santiago Carrillo. Carrillo, God damn it. Is it a double L or? The double or and a double L. So it's a, a Carrillo. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Santiago, uh, communist leader Santiago, was basically like predicting the monarchy would be gone as like. The I, I want to hear you say Carrillo one more time. Carrillo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, me llamo Kiran. Hi, Wifi. <laughs> anyway. Um, he was like, we're going to get rid of the monarchy. That's like the last little thing of the Franco era. And like, now it's gone. You're gone. Fuck you. But then after like seeing, um, he basically went on TV and was like, hey, military taking part in this coup. Do you know it would be really cool if you didn't do that? And the military were so enamored with the king that they were like, a lot of them, a lot of the like, not the generals or anything trying to do this coup, but a lot of the like troops they were relying on were like, yeah, fuck this, we're not doing this coup. So after that, the communist leader, uh, um, Santiago Carrillo, God damn it. Um, Carrillo. Carrillo. Um, is quoted as saying, today we are all monarchists. That is like how enamored everyone was with this guy at that time. Yeah. Or how much they were getting in CIA money. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get the point, but yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a wild take to have. It is, a... yeah. This is like the, the Spanish TV was just the Twitter of the time. You could just, anyone could just go on it. Um, but it's also just like, also indicative of the politics of the time that like they're quoting the communist leader of Spain, like uh, the, the communist party being like, this is a substantial part of our politics. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to Santiago. Um, so yeah, that gives the idea of monarchy in like the eighties up until very recently, this very positive image uh, within Spain. Like, 
routinely whoever's been the king of the time, which was mostly him because he ruled as king of Spain from like 1975 to 2014. Um, he's been like consistently more popular than the like president of the Congress, like their prime minister. Um, and like has usually been in the like 70% approval rating. You know who else is there is uh, Lukashenko. <laughs> <laughs> Lukashenko has a 93.6, uh, 99.999. No, it's like somewhere around 80% or something. Yeah. But yeah. I believe it. <laughs> From the Alexander Lukashenko Institute of Poll Data. <laughs> <laughs> of, po- of asking people on the street. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It then kind of all starts to... But it's, all, it's also worth pointing out that, like, my experience of Spaniards and their attitudes towards the monarchy is, like, very Republican. I should say, like, that my experience of Spain is mostly Andalusia, which is, like, a left-wing stronghold and all that kind of stuff. And it's also worth pointing out that, unlike, say, the UK or the Netherlands or something like that, Spain being, in a, being a republic is, like, in a lot of people's living memory. Um, and definitely was in, like, the 80s. Like, the Spanish Republic is also this great symbol of just, like, anti-fascism because it was the thing that Spain was before Franco took over, uh, the Second Spanish Republic. So, with that kind of context, we then skip ahead a couple of years to when it all starts going wrong. And I also should say that this, this, this whole guy his whole downfall is like, I'm really horny for my German crime girlfriend. That just seems to be the whole thing. His trap queen. Tra- his trap queen. <laughs> yeah. This, um, Karina zu Zane, Wittgenstein Zane. Wittgenstein. It's very, I'm going to call her Karina. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. A German crime girlfriend. Um, she, my German crime girlfriend. <laughs> I'll say, what's up? Hey, hello. <laughs> See your pretty face. <laughs> So it all starts to fall apart for him in 2012 uh, when he goes on a Botswana hunting trip. (laughs) That's some king shit. (laughs) That is some king shit, yes. Um, He goes on this Botswana hunting trip with his German crime girlfriend. Um, And he's like, she my trap queen. (laughs) And she, um, while they're like, first minor scandal is he's like posed with an elephant that he killed and hunted and people are like, I don't know. Where I don't expect a king to do anything else different. Like, I mean, like, yeah. eh, you know, that sucks, but he's just, you know, do you do you blame him for I, doing what a king, what you would imagine exactly what a king is doing in Africa? Well, yeah, for sure. Like, that's actually, like, that's probably, like, one of the better things I can imagine a king doing, an, a European king doing in Africa. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. He went there and just killed an elephant. He left the local populations <laughs> fine, though. Like, it is okay. Running the historical gamut of what European kings have done in Africa, yeah, this is relatively good. It's also bizarre to understand that, like, from a nation of, like, bullfighting is okay, actually, uh, people to just be like, no, we don't approve of this <laughs> is very strange to me, and I really like it. But the the next part of the scandal is on his... Like, the second day of his hunting trip, he breaks his hip, and he gets, like, a private jet from Botswana to Madrid so that he can be treated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, pretty normal kingship, but this is, like, Spain post-2008, post-Indignados movement and all that, and they're just like, 
We paid how much for fucking a jet to bring him? What's wrong with the hospitals in Botswana? Like, there's got to be like a fancy person hospital that he could at least go to. That must have been cheaper. Um, yeah, so like people are pissed about this because of like crippling austerity and stuff. So we then uh, we then turn to 2014, and he abdicates. He like yeah yeah I remember that that yeah. was a big deal. He steps down, and everyone... That be- reminds me of the Harold thing of the abdicator. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, no. weird made-up superhero that was called the abdicator? No. What was that? <laughs> this is Hey Arnold? Yes, this is Hey Arnold. I never watched Hey Arnold. Um, all right. But anyway, he abdicates in 2014. Uh, everyone thinks it's because of his, like, daughter embezzling. Uh, which- Why do you embezzle your daughter? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so... In 2014, he abdicates because everyone thinks it's to do with this embezzling scandal that his daughter is involved with, the, like, princess. Uh, although I think technically her title is, like, Infantada or Infanta or something like that. It's literally just, like, child of king. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it, the case is solved a couple of years later. Um, what actually was happening there was the daughter was married to this um, just this guy, this fucking guy who um, uh, who has a very strange name that doesn't seem Spanish, but I guess is. So this is like Princess Christiana. Christ- Christina is married to a uh, a one a Russian oligarch named <laughs> uh, what's his name? Inyaki Urdagarin. Undengarin. It might be Basque. I don't know. Anyway. He uh, he runs a nonprofit called the Noose Institute Sports Foundation. What? Yeah. Um, okay. Was allegedly used. It was proven um, as a vehicle to win falsely inflated contracts from regional government bodies before channeling that money to personal accounts via tax havens. Classic shit. Yeah, this sounds really normal. Yeah. Uh, most of this was taken from the uh, Valen- the Valencia and Balearic Islands government. Um, so he's focusing on, focusing on that East Spain money. Anyway, um, that's like the whole scandal in 2014. Everyone thinks the king abdicates because of that, uh, that his daughter was involved in money crimes. She's been like later proven innocent and uh, her husband was the only one who faced jail time. He's still in prison and will be for another like six years or something. Anyway... Porn one out. <laughs> yeah, and she's also like the first member of the royal family to be like tried in Spanish history as well. Oh, okay, wow. That is like that's a big deal. Um, but like, I guess it was like too beyond the pale to actually send her to prison. So like, that so, doesn't so it's still happen. like a slap on the wrist. Then yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the husband faced problems, not not her. Um, These men. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Women, I tell you, getting out of embezzlement charges that you commit. <laughs> what, 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 what do they expect us to do next? Raise children? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so this is the reason he leaves. This is the Men Going Their Own Way podcast of Corner Space. <laughs> this is our MGTOW podcast. Yeah. That, like, don't, you, don't you just want to, like... Don't you just, just for once, just for once, can you just embezzle money from local Spanish regional governments oh they do that too and not get like abuse from your wife man i don't know (laughs) anyway um that's why i do this podcast 
This this podcast is sponsored by the tourism board of the Polaric Islands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got a contract for six million. I told them we had like way more listeners than we do. Anyway, they didn't care. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's six million Spanish money. Um, anyway, it's still the euro. <laughs> um, so what actually happened in 2014 was. Um, King Juan Carlos I approached his children and said, I would like to leave your mother and like have more fun times with my German crime girlfriend. To which the kids are like, don't do that. Just abdicate instead. And he was like, all right, children, I will do that. So wait, he just wanted to fuck? You pretty much. Oh, this wow. is the main motivating force behind this. Wow. Yeah. This is boring. <laughs> <laughs> so... A little bit about the mistress, um, Karina Zhu, yeah, uh, the the German crime girlfriend. Zion von Wittgenstein sign. Yes. <laughs> this is like some fucking, uh, whatever. Anyway, she's like this German businesswoman who got like divorced in 2004 from her husband. And then in 2005, she's already in with like several Russian oligarchs, the Spanish king, was making claims that her like she could get Spanish or Russian energy interests into Spain and like get them contracts with the local government. Um, yeah, she's fooling around with the king. She's like half his age. Um, nice. It's very creepy. She's like fifty five. He's like eighty something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so she's doing all this. And the main kind of scandal is like she's buying a bunch of she's buying a bunch of properties, mainly in Monaco, under her own name without like informing like but it's actually using his money, the king's money. Uh sl- sl- slay queen. Yes. But it's all been like arranged so that the king doesn't get personally taxed because if he did it, he would get taxed more because he just has substantially more money than she does. So, uh, we then run into the actual big scandal, which is this Saudi train kickback scheme. So, like, he bankrolls a bunch of trains, high-speed trains in Saudi Arabia that, like, he then just receives, like, huge amounts of money from, in, like, bribes and kickbacks. So, like, let go ahead. And... She's, like, privy to all of this and, like, has a recording of it, resulting in, like, the Spanish military intelligence threatening her and their kids to keep quiet about all this, like, (laughs) incriminating stuff she has on the king. (laughs) This is what Spanish military intelligence does. It harasses mistresses. Oh, this is so lame. (laughs) Like, I mean, I, I got nothing to say about this, actually. I really don't. Mm. It's so petty. Yeah, it's incredibly petty. And again, I need to iterate that, like, all of this seems to be motivated by the king wanted to fuck. He, you know, do what you got to do, king. <laughs> Literally, you are the king. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all of this is coming out. He flees the country... In, like, very suddenly, like, last week, 
um, saying that like he's still open for like you know chats or whatever with the investigators. I thought he meant with his wife or with his mistress or whatever. And the mistress is involved, presumably, and yeah, like no one knew where he went. Um, people were writing in El Pais that like, oh, he's entitled, even though he's like still you know he's abdicated and he's no longer king. He's still entitled to like to like seven point four billion euro worth of like service of like a small army of staff that like keeps him going um for life i guess but when he fled apparently only like one servant person went with him which was like his personal bodyguard that's why like no one knows where he is so like el pais is like oh he's entitled to all the staff from like the royal palace but we have this quote from the royal palace being like none of them went with him and they don't know where he is and i'm like oh okay cool so where in the world is the king of Spain? <laughs> where in the world is the king of Spain? Which no one knew. Like for ages, no one knew. The monarchists of Spain were like really insistent that he's in Portugal, which is this kind of whole thing of like he wouldn't really leave us. He's just in Portugal. He's just like right there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> which is like this very strange attitude they had. Like, um, father, you wouldn't leave us, would you, father? <laughs> father, father, you're just in Portugal. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away. <laughs> Um, and then, like, the, the actual, like, in, like intellectual commentary out of Spain was, like, he's probably in South America somewhere. This is, like, this is, like, the third most spoken language in the world. Like, he, he, has, this, like, he has a whole continent, basically, to pick yeah, from. Yeah, okay, now, where, where is he, really? He's in Abu Dhabi, in, like, a luxury hotel. Nice! <laughs> Hell fucking yeah! That's king shit. It came out, like, four hours ago. That yes. he's, like, um... That he's holed up somewhere in like a luxury hotel in Abu Dhabi. Oh, poor him! Like living off that Saudi train money, I guess. Oh God, yeah. So, oh God. Um. So yeah, that's um. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, that's what he uh, that's what he did. He's still he's still married to his wife, even though in like because he's because he's Catholic. Yeah. But no, apparently in 2013, he told his kids he wanted a divorce from his wife. Um, and that's when they said, abdicate. Then you can divorce her. He abdicated. Those are the rules, la familia. La familia, yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently this is like something the current king of Spain... Um, f- well, no, actually, I think he's still technically crown prince because he's not married. Um, Felipe VI or whatever. Like... Yeah, this this whole this whole situation is very weird, and it gets to this whole thing that I, I have to like I, I have to really stress. The Spanish public really don't like their mon- like their monarchy. Good. Yeah, it is very good. It just seems like they can't get rid of it. So, ever since like twenty eighteen, the polling has been like very tight. They're just like we don't know if there was a referendum tomorrow. We do not know which way it would go. Because it's like just been 50-50, like, we want to keep the king or we want to become a republic. Why hasn't Spain had a referendum about their king? It's, they don't. It's, it's one of those, like, I think everyone in political power is just not willing to touch that issue. Oh, okay, yeah. That yeah, it's just one of those things of just, like, it's like, you know, oh, like, the majority of Americans support, like, you know, free access to healthcare. Why hasn't it happened yet? Yeah, it's, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just one of those political issues of just, like, no one is willing to do the legwork or whatever. And even like 
you know, like some of the Catalonian separatists were like, oh, we'll just do like a Commonwealth situation where he'll still be the monarchy, but we'll be an independent nation or whatever. Well, there's still there's still Catalonian Republicans, but still, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's very it's a very strange situation. I don't think any polling has been done since any of this stuff came out or since he like fled. And also like Felipe is quite popular because of how he handled lockdown and coronavirus and all that. So, but yeah, um, it's money crimes all the way down. <laughs> it's just money crimes. Classic. Classic. And I really don't know where this guy is from. It doesn't really matter. Oh, God, he was a, he's a retired Spanish hand... Okay, so, okay. Iñaki Erdangarin. Okay. This is a Spanish last name I've never heard of, or first name. I suspect it might be Basque. And he's the king's son-in-law, I guess. He's married to the princess. Do you want to know his claim to fame? Yes. Retired Spanish handball player. <sighs> Man, I knew as soon as I got onto the Spanish handball team, my life was set. I caught the eye of the princess. <laughs> this guy she came to all my games. This guy's fucking Spanish Mario. <laughs> like, Literally, yeah. yeah. I fought off some turtle kings and now <laughs> I rescued the princess. <laughs> Uh, this is all too much for my little brain to handle right now. I know, right? Oh God. Um, yeah. Then I, I guess on the that note, mm, he is Basque. Sorry. Okay, go on. Okay. Yeah. No, I just, I guess on that note, we'll keep an eye out for what's going on with the Spanish royal family. The next time I'm in Abu Dhabi in my fancy luxury hotel, yeah, um, I'll, I'll hit him up. We can get him on the show. Yeah, exactly. We, next week, we have an exclusive interview with uh, the former king of Spain. Juan Carlos I, coming on the pod. Oh, God, the hotel costs 10,000 euro a night. <laughs> Which hotel is it? Uh, let's see if this website will tell me. Uh, shut up about my ad blocker. Mail online. <laughs> I don't care which hotel it is. They're all, yeah. Um, presidential suite at the Emirates Palace Hotel. Nice. Nice. Uh, 10,000 euro, 10,000, sorry, British pounds a night. So, uh, Kieran... Respected right-wing Spanish daily <laughs> reported the 82-year-old dad of three checked into the Emirates Palace Hotel on Monday evening around the same time his letter to his son, Felipe VI, announcing his decision to leave Spain was made public. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, all right. Looks like a nice hotel. He's gone forever, gang. <laughs> he lives in the hotel now. Yeah, uh, uh, F in the chat. Okay, man, I'll fuck up this hotel. <laughs> Sorry. That's like a... The that's a palace. That it, it genuinely looks like... It looks like something that you would build in Civ. It looks like something that um, Erdogan would build himself. Yeah, and, and completely build. bankrupt his country. <laughs> and fill with Ottoman cosplayers. Oh, I hope there's Ottoman cosplayers there, too. If yeah. I if I pay if I pay like the premium, uh, can I get that? <laughs> Look, you don't want to support Erdogan's Ottoman palace, but you claim to be left-wing. Think how many cosplayers would be out of work. Uh, yeah that's uh <laughs> that's the weird turkish sock dem 
Twitter for you right there. This is my Kamala's position. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I guess on that note, we'll see you guys all next week for um, an actual episode. Woo! And uh, take care. See you.